From Life Atelier, this is Real, stories of adversity, resilience, creativity, and transformation. I'm Diane McDaniel, and on today's show, we are talking about Mother's Day, a celebration to honor one's mother, motherhood, maternal bonds, and the influence of mothers and maternal figures in society. This crowdsource episode includes nine different voices reflecting on what they are thinking about on this Mother's Day. This is Diane McDaniel. Today is Mother's Day, and so I'm thinking of my mother, Camille. This is my third Mother's Day without her, and yet Camille lives on within me and in the lives of everyone she touched and shaped during the time we had together. I'm also thinking of my Aunt Nicole and those mothers of my friends who have served as surrogate mothers over the years. Thank you for your love and care of me. On this day, I'm also thinking about myself as the mother of my two children, how I care for them now and how I will continue to nurture them in the future. After two years in remission, I'm currently in treatment for a recurrence of ovarian cancer. In the corner of my mind lurks the worry that my treatment won't be successful and I'll leave my still young children with a mom-sized hole in their lives. My mind is turning in this direction as I prepare to undergo another round of chemotherapy later this week. I wonder whether this treatment is working. I didn't worry too much about this during my first treatment almost three years ago. However, I now know that cancer will be with me for the rest of my life. In this vulnerable state, I've been deeply affected by the recent death of a friend who leaves behind two daughters, not yet out of elementary school. On this day, I'm thinking about the grave responsibility of being a mother, about everything I provide for my children, and what they will be without when I'm gone. As well, I'm thinking about what I will leave behind for them. What legacy can I leave to help shape their memories of me and of our time together? How can I continue to shape their values and how they will live their lives even when I'm no longer here? How can I continue to nurture them and communicate my love to them when we are apart? These are questions that all parents may ask, regardless of whether we are currently facing a grave illness. With that in mind, I've began to gather up my writings and other items for my children to receive when I'm gone. I've included writings about my journey with cancer and the adventures, travel, and the like that we've undertaken together. In a journal, I write to them individually from time to time to mark a special day or a typical day to tell them the story of when they entered my life and what they mean to me. I include my favorite pictures of us together and I let them know why what is captured in the photo is special to me. The tangible materials that I'm gathering for each of my children are a legacy of my love for them. In addition to the physical items, recollections, and stories that I'm gathering, I'm also more mindful of our everyday interactions and the memories that they'll have of our time together. I experience our moments together in the present And I'm also aware that these moments are the sources of their future memories. I know that with my words and actions, I am either drawing them in or pushing them away. And I want to do more of the former. This is not to say that we don't have conflict and that everything is always peachy keen between us. We are, after all, real humans living real lives. 
and this means that sometimes we're in conflict. That said, however much I can, I want their memories of me to reflect the way that I feel about them. These are some of the ways in which I'm consciously creating a legacy for my children. As well, there are no doubt memories I'm unaware of or unwittingly created for them, both positive and negative. These include unflattering, uncomfortable memories, the random detritus of life that I've forgotten and wish they would as well. I can only do my best to ensure that the positive outweighs the negative. As I'm thinking about the legacy that I'll leave behind, I continue to mother my children day by day, and it is indeed wonderful and difficult work. This morning, my younger one left on a school trip across the country, one step um, among many in the process of gaining independence that will ultimately lead her away from our shared home. She's confident and ready to go, and I feel good that she wants to venture forth in small steps. Later today, I'll also need to address the ways in which my older child is overstepping his sense of independence into disrespect for some of the boundaries and expectations we've set as a family. Helping them to feel confident in their independence while understanding their responsibilities to others can be a tricky balance to strike. Every stage of mothering has its joys and challenges, and I'm taking the long view on the impact that I'll have on my children and how I can continue to nurture them throughout their lives. Happy Mother's Day. Hi, fellow fans of The Real Podcast. This is Catherine, thinking about Mother's Day from London. My son turned 18 last weekend, and yesterday was his last day of school. These are external milestones that mark a change I felt coming for a while. My boy is now an independent young adult who's ready and eager to make his way in the world. It almost feels like I'm the one graduating, like I'm finally getting fired for doing the job I've done so well. Of course, I'm reflecting on being a mother, a role I've loved from the first minute he arrived, followed two and a half years later by his sister. One of the things that my husband said to me when I was pregnant has served as a guide for the last 18 years. There was so much we could not know and control when our children were riding along in my body, as nature reminded us through a few pregnancies that ended not long after they began. We were both in our 30s, used to a huge amount of control in our personal lives, over-anxious, achieving people who wrestled with uncertainty like it was an epic battle. But having a baby was all about the unknown, and my husband said over and over, remember, you're not flying the plane. For 18 years, I've had to remind myself of that, and it's probably the most important lesson of parenting. Sometimes as a mother, I felt all I could do was show up and be present, to pay attention to now before it disappeared behind me like a rushing river. There it goes again at this very moment. My son studying for his A-levels. He's gotten offers to universities he wants to attend, but getting a place will require him to reach certain grades. There's nothing I can do. I'm not following the plane. Even worrying won't help, although... Sometimes that feels like the only thing I can do. My kids have brought me along for the ride, and it's been the ride of my life. Talking to my mother, who's nearing her ninth decade, she says the same thing, how much she gets out of following the story of the generations, not as the author, but as the reader. 
Maybe being a mother is the least thing in the world, and also the most. Motherhood asks us to let go of our ego, our knowledge, our desire. That seems to be a starting point for a lot of spiritual practices, and maybe that's no coincidence. For me, it's been an act of faith and a daily illumination, and it's changed me fundamentally. I'm grateful to Diane for the chance to reflect on this, as always. Hi, this is Cynthia Boxrud. I live in Venice, California. There is nothing more perfect to me than the smell of warm bread coming out of Grandma Euleberg's kitchen. I grew up on a farm in southern Minnesota, and on Saturday mornings, my sister and I, having slept in to avoid pulling weeds in our mother's garden, knew breakfast was waiting for us at Grandma's. I would open my bedroom window crack and whistle to my half-thoroughbred and quarter-horse, Bino. He knew an apple would be waiting for him at the North Corral. My sister Chris and I would jump on his back and ride a half a mile to be greeted by my grandmother, Mabel, and always some of her four daughters, my mother, who was the oldest. It was the aunts, the mothers, the grandmothers, the cousins, the dogs, the cats, the goats, And sometimes we had a baby fox or a wounded animal that was picked up in the fields. Saturday morning was a party, whether it was spring, summer, fall, or winter. We canned, we played music, we gardened, we shoveled snow, we baked, and we played in our made-up forts and treehouses. That long wooden and vinyl table in my grandmother's kitchen off the pantry was the center of everything. Summer was the best. Breakfast was warm bread out of the oven or toast, fresh churned butter and raspberry jam that had not yet been canned. We learned to drink coffee made with eggshells to bring out the flavor and always with fresh cream. In Grandma's garden, there was an acre of corn, cucumbers, beans, peas, and rhubarb. The whole back of the barn by the kitchen and the pump houses were filled with raspberries and blueberries. She had five acres of apple and plum trees, and Bino, our horse, would stop under the trees, and Chris and I would pick the fruit no one could reach on our way to breakfast. My grandmother was born from immigrated Norwegians, and my grandfather, Jens, came to America when he was five. She spoke Norwegian, as did her four daughters a little bit. The oldest, again, Jean, my mother. Those Saturday mornings were sunny and full of laughter and joy. No one thought about the importance of family. It was unspoken. We learned unconditional love and joy. Life seemed so simple. I celebrate Mother's Day by loving my family, my grandmother, my aunts, my sister, my daughters, and today I will bake bread in their honor. Hello, my name is Anna. My mother is in China on this Mother's Day. I called her earlier today and to wish her Happy Mother's Day. And I was planning to sing a song for her, a Mother's Day song, but I was choking up so badly and I couldn't finish the song. So here it is, Mom. Here's the song I didn't finish singing for you, and I hope you can hear it. 
，你如雪的新珠宝，有人给你拿；你雨中的花雨伞，有人替你打；你爱吃的三千钱，有人他给你包；你委屈的泪花。有人给你擦啊，这个人就是你啊，这个人就是妈，这个人给了我生命，给我一个家啊，不管你走多远，不论你在何方。都不要忘了你的妈，你的妈。My name is Rory Green, and I'm wishing everybody a very happy Mother's Day today. This is my third Mother's Day without my own mother, who died in 2015, and I must say I'm really feeling her presence very strongly in her absence at the moment.、Um, in the recent weeks and months,、um, she's coming back to me very vividly. Things I haven't thought about in a while. Things that she used to say when I was a child. Songs that she used to sing. Certain mannerisms and the tone of her voice—it's almost as if she's whispering in my ear, and that's a really—it's really like a true comfort.、Um, I'm also so grateful to be mother to my own two children, who are really growing up so very quickly. One of them no longer a child, and、um, but I guess always, always babies in my heart. And I'm also grateful for all the women around me who have. Um, supported me and supported all of us really with so much nourishing and nurturing energy.、Um, so many extraordinary women. I'm also immensely grateful to the greatest and ultimate mother of all, Mother Earth, and I hope we can continue to honour her and understand the importance、um, of honouring her. And I hope that she can forgive us. In all the ways that she has been dishonoured, so with that, I send you all lots of love and wish you a very happy day. Whatever you're doing, whoever you're celebrating, wherever you are. Hi, this is Diane. When I sent out the call for contributions to this podcast, the first person who responded was my 94-year-old father-in-law, Lou Browning. He wrote. I was not able to get through the fairly simple instructions for submitting an audio file since I did not have a six-year-old at home to help me. He asked me to record these words for the podcast. When you are little, mothers feed you, clean you, protect you, and teach you. For all your years, they love you. I am forever grateful to my mother, and all she did for me and my three sisters, as well as for all the mothers of my grandchildren. Dads are also wonderful, but only a mother can be a mother. Hi, my name is Debbie Pomerantz, and I am a mother. 
I just want to start by honoring Diane. I admire her courage for all that she has been through this past year, and I've been grateful to be a part of helping be supportive in any way, which makes me think of how we do that for each other, not just as moms or women, but as a community, and how important it is to know that someone has your back, that you can reach out and ask for help. I realize now, later in my life, that it's not about pleasing others or um, looking good, but it's really about this idea of being able to reach out, to be able to give in a genuine way. And um, this Mother's Day, I've been thinking a lot about how I've been raising my own daughter, uh, who's 11 years old, Lauren, and one thing that she knows she can be is a strong girl and be who she is and not have to feel that she needs to be a people pleaser in order to get love. And recently my son told me a story about how he and his girlfriend got in a disagreement and she was very angry at him. Um, And instead of being angry in return, he was able to take a step back and, and acknowledge her feelings and then, um, you know, speak up and say, you know, what he felt as well. And it's great to know that this generation of men can also be loving and intelligent and sensitive. And I've been married for a long time. Oh, goodness, it's um, about 28 years. And my husband, I've come to appreciate over the years too. And I think as women, that idea of how we show up for our family um, and how, again, we provide that emotional stability and spirituality, sort of like Mother Nature in the sense of her being so powerful and um, producing beauty, but also going with the flow of what happens and how it happens and how we get through things going back again to this idea of this Mother's Day, thinking about how I've learned to mother from others, how I try to give in a, in a way to them as well. And I feel most happy as a mom and as a person and as a woman when I'm connected. And I realize I'm never alone. And there's a many wonderful women who share this Mother's Day with me and who do so many things that I wish We could have more stories on the news about all the mothers and how we show up for our families. So I wish everyone a happy Mother's Day. Hi, this is Abigail Wald. So before I became a mother, I used to think I was too cool to be a mom. Um, Now that I am a mom... I wonder if I'm anywhere near cool enough. I mean, we're healers and confidants and nurses and best friends and leaders and uh, peacekeepers and character builders and chauffeurs and inspirers. And, oh, so many things. So I would say that there is nothing 
that I could imagine doing with my life that would be anywhere near as cool as being a mom. Thanks, kiddos. Hi, I'm Jessica McRae, and I'm the daughter to a healthy 86-year-old woman and the mother to a 19-year-old young lady who just finished her freshman year in college. I'm also a clinical psychologist who helps my clients heal from the wounds of insecure attachment with their caregivers, often their mothers. I think about mothering a lot. And what seems to me the essence of good mothering is the capacity to bring loving awareness, as Ram Das calls it, to the other so that they can reflect, feel their feelings, sense their bodies, and grow and integrate. And this also extends to the capacity to bring compassion to the different parts of ourselves, perhaps even our wounded children parts. So this Mother's Day, I just praise all who really intend to embody this capacity for loving awareness. This is Philippe Browning. I have the privilege of being Diane McDaniel's husband, and I marvel every day at the great work she does being a mother. And I also, like others have, thank her for assembling others to think about their mothers and comment in general on the great institution known as motherhood. My mother passed away a couple of weeks ago now after a long illness. In ways, for her to pass was a blessing and a moment of peace. I'm going to read a few words that I spoke at her service. When I look back at my mother's life, it's really quite extraordinary and dramatic. When people ask, as they frequently do, why are you named Philippe? I say, my mother is from Casablanca, and she considered herself French, so she named us all with French names. That is always followed by, really? Your parents met and married in Casablanca? How romantic. Yes, indeed. My parents had a very romantic beginning. A dashing Air Force officer who was quite willing to spirit my mom away and she was quite willing to leave it all behind. Her family, her religion and culture, her dreams of the conservatory where she'd hoped to study. Her life journey intersected with Lou, and they left Casablanca to begin a new chapter together. Little did they know the legacy they would create. Four kids, 11 grandkids, one grandchild so far. Lou and Jacqueline made New England their home, living in Boston, New Jersey, and the woodsy Connecticut suburbs a source of great beauty and stately green gardens and swimming parties. But the woodsy homes with the multi-acre parcels were not exactly my mother's dream. She was definitely and statedly a city girl. Luckily and happily, she eventually did see her dreams realized in the form of a pied-à-terre across the street from Lincoln Center. All the culture she wanted was a half block away, and she reveled in it, as did Lou, sharing her passions and interests. I'd like to take a second to reflect on my mom's heritage. Her maiden name, Benarosh, stems from the word Rosh, which means chief or head. As such, it does not surprise me at all that my mother took the role of the chief quite seriously and carried the Rosh into our family where she ruled the roost, mostly with an iron fist, and sometimes with kind, caring, feeding, teaching, pushing, and scolding in equal measures. 
there was no question that my mother was quite the taskmaster, and no kiss went unaccompanied by a light slap on the back of the head. That was her way, to love and poke all at once. Jacqueline and, of course, Lou together must have done something right. I look around and see my siblings and their lovely children, all of whom I feel lucky to know. Jacqueline was a great cook. Luckily, in the 70s, anti-cholesterol was not yet a movement, so we were slathered in cream and butter. Who can forget her cream spinach? I never will, or the summer barbecues followed by Micmac and other sugary delights. It's no wonder we were a household that talked a bit about weight. My mother was a fast driver. I think about the maroon Audi, which really hauled when she was at the wheel. Which is funny, given that at the same time as pushing the accelerator, she'd also have her foot on the brake. That duality, I think, was perpetual in her life. She could be happy, thrilled with the gold trophies that her daughters won at the piano recitals, and at the same time be sad and wishing that she was, quote, not alone in this big house in the woods. Once, when I was in high school, I arrived home late from a practice and found her playing the piano. Michelle was off with friends. My dad was busy saving someone's life, a surgery gone later than expected, so he would not make it home till later. What are we having for dinner, I asked. My tears, she said. She knew, what she, was, she knew she was being dramatic. And I gave her a hug and said, let's eat. It'll be okay. Now it is our turn to shed the tears, tears to mourn my mother's passing, and yet tears tinged with relief because she is free from the brutal disease that came to claim her vitality and lay siege to her life. I'd like to thank my father and my sisters who were so present with her all the way until it came time to help her transition to a new peaceful place. I know that she looks down from heavens above and appreciates all your efforts to make her comfortable in her final phrase. I'd like to close my thoughts by saying I appreciate my mother every day for all she did for me during the formative years of my life. And mom, if you are listening somewhere, I love you very much. Thank you for everything. And I will constantly love you until the end of my life. That's it for today's episode. Thank you to the following individuals for submitting their thoughts on Mother's Day. Cynthia Boxred, Louis Browning, Philippe Browning, Anna Chi, Catherine Davidson, Rory Green, Debbie Pomerantz, and Abigail Wald. If you haven't yet, subscribe to Real with Diane McDaniel wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please tell your friends about it and ask them to subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know why you listened and what you like about The Real Podcast. Please rate the show and leave a review on iTunes. Follow Real on Facebook at Real with Diane McDaniel and on Twitter at Real the Podcast. Reach us at realthepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Diane McDaniel. Thanks for listening.